could have done our practice recording on that one. Nah, um, it's fine. Thank God the producer let you out of timeout, though, dude. I almost thought we weren't going to be able to record this. She's she's been next time. Share the goddamn cinnamon buns. She's been on a high one today. I'll be honest. <laughs> I feel like every you keep saying the things that like she's copping an attitude lately. Mm, dude, because Chase called me this afternoon to talk to Euphoria and oh, Dan, yeah? and Emma was like, uh, get off the phone. Get off the phone. And I'm like, oh, my. I was like, Chase, you see what I have to deal with now? it's like i, I can't know. watch it's like i gotta be careful what i watch because she'll start imitating those characters that's hilarious oh uh, yeah she so, starts quoting euphoria no i had to actually stop watching that in front of her because <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i watched two episodes with her and one of them was really bad and i was like i can't i can't do that i know uh, she's at that transition age where she's just starting to actually absorb the stuff that you're putting her in front of so you can't yeah that's pretty funny. When I went to go pick up Emma this evening, we were getting ready to walk out of my dad's house and you know, the one across the street. And she was like, we don't talk about broom. No, no. And I'm like, oh, God, no, no, no. Get out. Don't. It's going to be her that. frozen. I was like, we're, we're not doing this. No, we've gotten That's this awesome. far. We've gotten this far. I was really hoping that was going to be the case. But sure, there no, it is. Emma's just a big Lin-Manuel Miranda fan. She want to know him when she sees him. So many tabs open, and that's usually not like me. I'm a tab guy. I will create a bookmark of the tab that I would have open or whatever. This, and then I get rid of the page. Oh if shit! I want to go back to it. The baseball Luke just. Ju- Yo, Luke just sent me. There has been a movement on minimums, bonus pools, and CBT by MLB today going into the direction of the players. Still is enough to have the deal uh, closed at this point. Um, it's getting close enough though that there is a chance that it could be put off deadline by a day to continue talks tomorrow. Uh, and that's Jeff Payson from what's it called? Fuck, I can't remember what he's who he's with. Mm. That that, it's the so same, it, it's yeah, it's uh, it's one of the guys that I see all the time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from ES, yeah, he's MLB Insider, ESPN. Oh, that's just that makes me feel much better. Oh. It's the guy. It's the guy who made the comment uh, that that Jack posted. It's the, the same Pes- guy. The Jeff Pesan. Yeah, Pesan. I know I'm butchering the pronunciation. He, he's on. who's saying that, but that is that is a at least moving in the right direction. And I'd rather rather miss one game than fucking all of April. I, God, that's a conversation that I don't want to get. It's it's so stupid. It's so stupid that we're even in this point. Um, I know. And and what really doesn't help it is that like. Baseball is not one of the bigger sh- sports out there because obviously football dominates huh. everything. Right. And it so, used to be, but now it's yeah. most definitely you, not. You can't afford to lose this direction or attention. Um, I mean, right now it's creating negative wave. So even if, if it were to get delayed, like it's not helping your sport, your cause, anything like that, like it's going to push people away from the game and you're trying to bring people to the game. Ridiculous. But yeah. And how are you going to do this after you already gave us a bullshit sh- truncated season mm-hmm. from the whole pandemic of it all? Mm-hmm. You're just going to be like, oh, and and now I know you just barely got baseball. Now you get no baseball. Dude, no shit, man. Oh, it's fantastic. But yeah, okay. Welcome back to the Center Rivals podcast, folks. We're here for another week. Just me and Brent. Uh, fuck this. I don't like it. I'm starting over. Run it back. 
Welcome back to the Center Rivals podcast, folks. I'm Brett. And I'm Brent. And we're here once again, another week, another dollar we're not making because we give this shit to you for free, folks. Today, we got a new type of episode. Uh, we'll get more into it later, but this is going to be more centered around the Oscars, specifically an Oscar from five years ago. The well, from films from five years ago, the 2017 2018 Oscar show. We're going to look back and give our opinions on what happened during that Oscars and then go about repicking some of the categories and telling you what we would have put in there instead of the Academy. But to start off, we're finally at the coming to the close when it comes to our TV corner. It's going to probably be a little bit different from here on out. We might not do full deep dives into shows like we have been, but it won't go extinct. It'll still be round just around the corner, if you will. Uh, But Brent, Euphoria finished up last night. Uh, I heard big things happened, and I, I'd like to say something real quick before you jump into it. I had an internal battle going on last night because oh, I was trying to decide whether or not it would be a good bit to just watch the one episode and none of the other show, and that way I've just watched this one finale to season two episode. But then I'm like, is that disrespectful? Because I don't I have no. Yeah, it's 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 a total joke. So long story short, I didn't end up watching the episode and I'm going to give you this promise here. This this Brett trail guarantee seal of approval by season three of Euphoria. I will watch seasons one and two. You must know the release date then for season (laughs) three. So I have like three years, I think. If if you would have done surprise me that I would have finished this whole thing just for you the one episode I was, that is the dude, leader whole, of Jen. the whole season of you talking about this i was like fuck do i catch up and then every week i'm like ah oh, it's more episodes i'm like i don't know if i want to do that right now we're here and i wasn't about to be like uh just watch all these spoilers not know any context not understand any of it all like i've gotten the gist of what happened from you in the show but that all being said from the guy who actually watched the show, Brent, what did you think about the season finale of season two of Euphoria? From from the guy who goes to Euphoria High School, right? <laughs> who, who has front row seats? Well, everyone goes to Euphoria High School. <laughs> you should, yeah. You, right? you could be an honorable uh, honorable student there. Your mom has yeah, the I bumper sticker would be on the car. Top of the class, man. It, it, it is minute, based I, on how many drugs you do, right? That would be a really fun bumper sticker idea. Is like Mike. A proud parent of a kid who went to Euphoria High or something like that. That is actually funny. I'm, oh man, is that going to be, be our first there. merch? Might be out there. Yeah, yeah, probably. Euf- yeah Euphoria merch. Uh, but yes, this this was the season two finale of Euphoria. It feels like we we just had the first episode. As cliche as that is, uh, I was um, in terms of like an overall review of the season. I enjoyed what we got. Uh, I know, kind of reading more into. Uh, the overall arcs between every characters and whatnot. And obviously you had your productions delays from when you be previously had this show to where we are now. And then that also comes in with a bunch of rewrites um, news that break out between the creator and the cast and crew that uh, it's kind of hard not to look into. So it's really interesting to see where we've originally almost had it to what we got after last night's finale. And, and I got to say like, in terms of like where we could have had um moments and characters into whatnot, like resolutions. Um, it wasn't horrible, uh, but I, th- I think just 
from how high the previous episode was last week with having the play that Lexi pulled off and then kind of getting back into it this episode. Sometimes when you're doing that, like part one, part two is within a finale. It could hurt. It can make a break in and all a lot of that. And with this one, I, I would say it did pretty well in terms of still kind of showing you the, the people's lives outside of that play, but also connecting it within the play. And so what I wanted to kind of just like kind of summer up quickly is just um, with the, the, the players we've had and the characters we've enjoyed throughout this entire season and, and maybe not what it, well, we don't know what's going to look next for him. Um, like I said, Lexi, she finally had her play and it was teased that we were going to have this whole Maddie and Casey breakdown fight. And, and we got it. Like it, it was kind of nerve wracking for Casey to walk on stage and in the middle of it to kind of create a scene and call her sister out Lexi about how she is alone in her life and she doesn't have anyone. So she's able to be a bystander to, to make this play happen. And, Watching that one, I, I think uh, Casey was like on an all time low um, just in terms of like her character, because I had like no respect for that because that was a, a breaking point beyond a breaking point. But it, to to remind like those like she was just broken up by Nate. So she was in this uh, identity crisis in a way to where she, she didn't know how to kind of react. And this was the first thing she she did when she got back into the auditorium. Uh, and again, like as this fight's breaking out, <laughs> no teachers, no principals, nobody. Who else is there, though, that comes up is is going to be their their mother, which was hilarious. Miss Howard walking up there kind of directing like this is part of the play. This is part of the play. And I'm and my daughter's a great writer. It was that, that was kind of funny. <clears throat> and then we kind of get more into um, into Rue uh, as she's watching, like kind of the stuff unfold. Um, not many people are obviously up there helping her. And so the girl, the Lexi and Maddie, they take their fight out in the halls. It, it seems like it was going to be a whole lot, but honestly, it wasn't that much um, because I think at the end of the day, they realized the kind of person Nate is. And so they just, I'm not saying like, we don't know if they resolved it, but it certainly seems like Maddie is wanting to be the bigger person because she's just ready to kind of get it all over with. She's ready to close that door. Um, and then we get a look at the big, big intense uh, showdown with Fez, Ashtray, Faye, and like how all that was coming around and, with the cops showing up and it was going to be very uncertain to see how, what was going to happen with Fez and and them too. And we got a very uh, saddening uh, firefight to say the least. Um, we did lose one of the, uh, a character within the show that didn't get a lot. So it was kind of interesting to still feel for it when it happened. Um, that being spoilers, Brett, that being ashtray getting shot down. This would be the little the little I kid. Think, I'm pretty sure I said this, but yeah, there's a character named Ashtray. That's yeah. Hilarious. Um. So it was still very. Uh. That was what my uh. What you caught on my Snapchat. That's what that moment was. Is for mm. Professor to see his brother get shot down like that. That was intense. Uh. Really was. And he also took a shot. So we don't know if he's like actually gonna. I mean, he'll probably survive, but it still was a, a pretty good hit in the gut. Um. So that that really ends it off. But at least we knew that like Faye wasn't gonna turn them in. Like she wasn't going to. Um, rat them out to say the least because they found out that he their the guy that there was their clumber and whatnot was kind of recording the situation to get them to confess about the, the murder and all that. But that that are those arcs kind of closed with that moment, and then we're left with um, cutback scenes between obviously the play and whatnot. But we get this moment where Nate goes to his dad's work, who's in the middle of what looks to be another one of his wild night out with 
men and women, young men and women in uh, parts ways. Um, and he basically, he has a gun and it makes it look like he's about to kill his dad, but he doesn't. He just tells him that he's like, he's, he wants his revenge. Like, and like he knows that he's half of what his dad is in some ways. And so he turns his dad in, like he has a file of all the, the recordings that he did with having sex with minors. And so Cal gets arrested probably seems to be the end for Cal. It makes it look like this is the end for Nate too. And I know going back to knowing the characters backstories uh, that the Jacob Eldorori wants to leave the show. So it'll be interesting to see if that's true. Um, but then we get our final, final look at the relationship that Jules and Rue had. Um, and Rue just kisses Jules on the forehead and kind of walks out, which makes it seem like, you know, Rue has finally accepted the path to get better. And as she's walking out, there's like a narration talking about like how this school year shaped her and, and all that jazz as she's leaving. And it makes it seem like we might get a a time jump in season three. I know it's not even going to hit production till like later this year. So we'll have like a 2024 release date, but there's a lot of like unanswerable questions, but in terms of where we can go from the next and obviously college playing a big role in that with the, leaving the high school atmosphere behind. But I mean, Euphoria, it was announced earlier today that it's HBO's second most watched show behind Game of Thrones. So it's, it's hitting there in in the ratings and hopefully um, the, the creator Sam Levinson can kind of keep writing, directing a story that, that makes uh, in terms of like parallels and whatnot with, with themes that we've already seen and what we could get, not get too absurd and too crazy and too lost just because, you know, it's, it's getting a lot of views conversation. You don't want to get too far into like having a mess. And I will admit like that could be worrisome, especially when you get into season three. You don't want to jump the shark. Yeah. And in one TV terms. Yeah. Um, Some of my favorite TV shows have three seasons and like it, they're really good with keeping that. So I, I think if, if we get, uh, and that's the other thing. The day is just so busy. That's another reason why this show is not going to come out, come back for a while. And, and you don't want to see like a show get ended so suddenly just because they had to like move on from somebody. Um, Cause like all these actors and actresses within the show are very talented and clearly they can get um, more work out there. Uh, I, I know I just saw something earlier today that uh, Sydney Sweeney, the actress that plays Casey, uh, apparently she auditioned for Madonna. That was kind of interesting to see. Uh, that already they're starting to get big time casting news and whatnot, which is good. I mean, you want that for shows like this, especially, you know, working with HBO, it's good for your resume. Um, honestly, when is it not? So yeah, uh, I would, I would have to say not a dull finale, but I think just that, um, that high from the previous week's episode really run through this one. And so that one had its, uh, its energy still there. And so I, I was still, on the edge of my seat watching how it all played out. Um, especially keeping my, my eye on that, that timer. So um, I, I enjoyed it. Can't wait for the, ne- the next, uh, the next run of things, but yeah, that, that for now will be the close of our TV corner. Uh, you will see us throughout weeks coming in here. And one of the new ideas that we might be flowing around with us is like, we'll spend this time not talking about an entire se- series. What we'll do is just kind of introduce to you a show based upon one episode that we watched or even maybe like kind of like recapping what we have seen outside of like your big Disney Marvels and your Star yeah. Wars shows. I know we don't want to like exclude those because there's those no actually way have I'm weekly, not going to want to yeah. talk about everything Moon Knight and Obi-Wan Kenobi. But 
if if we're watching something and we feel the need to let the people know about it, we'll use the we'll bring back TV corner and we will use that time to gush about whatever new show we've been watching cuz there is a lot like even for me to like actively want to watch TV shows that's not something that I do a lot uh but there are a couple of things slated for this year that I will be wanting to talk about that I don't feel we need to go episode by episode so we'll we'll feel it out tv corner isn't going extinct but you know what it's it's gonna maybe hit some hibernation for a minute yeah there that was actually how you say how i know you don't like watching tv but i just started a show over the week that hit apple tv called um severance with uh, adam scott directed by ben stiller on a couple episodes and it's just it's um it's a workplace show but they surgically remove your memories from your work life and your personal life. So when you go to work, you only know your work life. And then when you leave work, you only know about your personal life. So starting that episode, starting that show with the first episode, that looks really, really good. And so like right off the bat, that's going to be one thing that I'm going to keep my eye on as we, as we hit the hibernation of overall breaking down series, but kind of going in through um, new ones to say the least, like they're still going to be out there. And we do have, the HBO Lakers TV show coming out next week. Right. And that's yeah, obviously gonna, something I'm I want to definitely have to watch that about. Adam, the Adam McKay project. There's also the, uh, there's a Taika Waititi produced like pirate show. Well, he's in Harvey. it. He's not just right. He's, he's Blackbeard it, yeah. or whatever. Mm. I, you know, I'm mm-hmm. going to be watching that. That's like mixing two of my favorite things, like the pirates of the Caribbean and Taika Waititi, like comedy. Yeah, you'll you'll probably not on each episode, unfortunately yeah, for the exactly. The and do you really need to hear that every week, folks? No, no, well, I hear it every day. Do it I hear it every day. I don't need to hear well, it every week. <laughs> you know what? You signed up for this. You signed the contract in front of the producer, just like I did. This, this is true. You no, know, I couldn't really read her handwriting, but I'm pretty sure it was all there. You good? <laughs> yeah, we're good. <laughs> all right, but folks. The reason we have our fun theme was uh, there is not much to talk about when it comes to the new releases of the week. Now, I did go out and see a new movie this week, but my co-host has dubbed it not important enough to see. Or or what was the wording you used? Uh, not worth your time. Not worth. Yeah. And I also get a, I get to see it for free and it's still not worth right. my time. Yeah. But when you tell me there's going to be a horror slasher rated R gory as hell, funny movie starring the Foo Fighters, one of my favorite bands of all time, you know, I'm going to be out there seeing that. And that's exactly what they did. They made a movie called Studio 666. And I'm not going to get too far into this movie. If you like the Foo Fighters, you're probably already going to go see this movie. But. I want more of more stuff like this. Why movies don't have to be exclusively Oscar Bay thought pieces art. Like sometimes they can just be goddamn fun. And that's all that movie was. It was fun as hell. The, the band had great charisma. They obviously have good chemistry with each other. They were funny. Dave Grohl was great as a leading man. And the subgenre of bands starring in their own movie may be small, but for some reason, I, there's quite a few films in that subgenre that I really do love, and this is now one of them. 
I'm happy for you. I am. Thank you. Yeah, great. You know how much I love that when you say that. So I appreciate you. It it comes it comes <laughs> from the heart. Right. All right. So yeah, that's pretty much it. If you're a Foo Fighters fan, if you love the Foo Fighters, uh, honestly, you don't have to rush out of the theater, but watch it eventually when it goes to streaming or whatever. It's fun. It's a really good time. It's it may be like 15 minutes too long, but it's still really good. Wait, is uh, it like two hours or 90 minutes? No, it's like an hour 48 or something. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a mm. fourth act. Mm. There's literally like a fourth act. That, wow. Wow. So, man. But yeah, yeah. not worth your time hurt a little bit. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, there's there's going to be more. Uh, there's going to be more of that to come. I'm sure of it. I mean, especially for the both of us, though. I, 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 yeah. I mean, you know me. I like my hopeless rom-coms. So totally goes fair. both ways, folks. It's fair. Yeah. It's all just right. yours came first. That's all it is. <laughs> exactly. But here. We, yeah. Here we go. Um, yeah. You can take a little bit of explaining. Yeah, exactly. Strategy. We decided that with the Oscars being this month and with our excitement building for that, we wanted to take a look back at some of the other Oscar ceremonies, the other Oscar years, and just give our thoughts because we're a new podcast and now we have the platform to do so. So we're going to go and break down quite a few of the categories from the 27 or again, I hate how this works, but. The films we're talking about came out in 2017, but we are talking about the 2018 Oscars ceremony. A handful of the winners, maybe a couple others sprinkled in there. But we're going to go about talking about what happened, our thoughts on who won, our thoughts on who should have won. But we're also going to give our picks. If we were the Academy voters, who our picks for the Oscars would have been for that certain year. So, yeah, we're going to go over the... 2017 Oscars, um, obviously they're aired in the year 2018. It's wild. I mean, even when I turn 50, I'm still going to question how to how to pull that through. Um, so, yeah. yeah, it's it's so fucking confusing. And and this this was a uh, really good year. Um, like right off the bat. I mean, if you want, I'll go ahead and in a, dude, the Yeah. The year as a films. whole in movies was when was insane. When I was looking back, I'm like, holy Holy shit. Discussing you know, so it's the, it was the 90th ceremony. No. The, yeah. The one thing I wanted to point out. So, yeah, like you have your your get outs, your ladybirds, baby drivers, Dunkirk, um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Logan, your Star Wars, Last Jedi. Um, really powerful year between all sorts of genres and whatnot. Um, but it was really surprising. You had the live adaptation of it make three hundred and twenty seven million dollars. You had, um, let's see, your top your top films were IP, which is superhero IPs, aside from, it's funny, it's seeing Beauty and the Beast up here at number two, like, when's the last time someone's talked about that film? You know, it doesn't seem like it's resonated with people at all after that came out. All right. So we have, for Best Actress, Frances McDormand, Three Billboards Outside of Abbey, Missouri. Abbey, Missouri is a fictional town. But it's titled in the movie. Uh, Sally Hawkins, The Shape of Water, and Francis McDormand won. I should alter, I should say that like right off the bat. Uh, Francis McDormand won. And then you had Sally Hawkins for The Shape of Water, Margot Robbie for I, Tanya, Shersha Ronan for Lady Bird, and um, some actress named Meryl Streep. Never heard of her uh, for The Post. <laughs> 
So let's let's start here. Let's go right into um right into the bag with this one. Uh, I mean, this one's pretty quick. They got it right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's no surprise. Even even four out of five of the nominees, I'm like absolutely best performances yeah, of the year. It was really hard to kind of choose an alternating five. Just I mean, I, oh, tried I knew to who five. to cut out. Yeah. I knew exactly who to cut out. The one that like will get more nominations and had had nominations before but we'll get to that but yeah dude four of the most incredible female performances i would say i say of maybe the last five years right here in this in this category yeah if you would have put any one of these up against what we've the the very confusion of what we've had the russian roulette style um actually the last couple years one of these would have kind of come out on top and that's Sometimes that you can't say that every year that with the Oscars, like it's very rare where you can kind of pull five and be like, you know what, each one of these could have won if you know that they just didn't fall in that year. Right. Oh yeah, because Meryl Streep could have won because she's Meryl Streep, like regardless of her performance mm-hmm. in the Post, which is a movie that is incredibly forgettable. It's like, yeah. It's people funny. forget Steven Spielberg made that movie. To Tom Hanks. Uh, Meryl Streep, right. Steven Spielberg, and it wasn't that successful as it, as it thought. The best, my favorite part about that movie is just the ending because it teases all the president's men. Um, sure. Yes. But yeah, so let's go into um, Argus. Or well, wait, before picks. we leave. Yeah, I was about to say I would cut out Meryl Streep. And I thought a performance of that year that like blew me away, that kind of redefined my... Uh, how I thought about this actress as like a very one note, like character actress. And then this kind of like took her that step forward for me was Aubrey Plaza and Ingrid goes West. Oh, I would, I would have absolutely recognized her in that movie. She was fantastic. That whole movie is really fantastic and a great modern take on like people's psyche and the obsession with being famous with some great supporting performances by like, uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. and Elizabeth Olsen. But yeah, uh, Aubrey Plaza blows me away in that role. And when I was looking back at the names, I was like, fuck, I got to make sure that gets mentioned. You know, um, breaking news, folks, into the podcast. I have not seen this film. Oh, dude, I, that is I heard it wasn't such a good. treat. I heard it wasn't good. So I kind of stayed away. And not many theaters were playing it it's at not that time. Great. Yeah. And I okay. watched it when it got to streaming. Okay. It's, so I didn't rush out to see it. And mm-hmm. it's it's better than I th- I would think whoever gave you that information said. <laughs> I'll have to ch- check it out. What I did, I'm, I'm in like the same boat as you though. Um, I would I would bump out Meryl Streep here, and I would put in a personal favorite of mine, which is Rooney Mara from A Ghost Story. I, I thought, knew it. I, I would have. <laughs> I could have put money on this one, folks. <laughs> She was number one on my alternative five because I went, I, I mean, I did the full homework. You know, I understood the assignment. Um, but I mean, that film just, she's able to kind of capture a sense of like grief that I haven't seen done before. And there's about a five, maybe six minute take or whatever, where she eats a chocolate pie and she hates delicious and she hates chocolate. Oh, I mean, she hates oh, pie she and all hates that chocolate pie. That's so well, it was must yeah, have so been she torture. Went full, yeah, it was it was great. It's acting, man. It's acting. Funny um, enough, folks, I haven't seen this movie. So shocker. Yeah, I, I love this movie. Um, It's one of those that I try to watch every year, too. So right. that's that's what I have there for for actress. We're going to swoop on in into best actor. Um, 
we have your winner, Gary Oldman, uh, within the darkest hour, not within the darkest hour. That sounds like a cool title though. Um, he played in the film darkest hour. Then you have Timothy Chalamet for call me by your name, Daniel day Lewis, phantom thread, Daniel Kaluuya, get out and Denzel Washington and Roman J Israel Esquire. Um, I've seen all these films, uh, all these performances. Actually, I might've seen these relatively recently. Uh, I have not seen Darkest Hour in a full setting. I've seen a lot of it. Um, always kind of sneaking in and oh. out when I was in theaters. Um, Cause I wanted to at least understand uh, him playing Winston Churchill. And I know there's this really good video out there of him dancing in the makeup. Oh. You might yeah. have seen. Yeah. And it's, that's really heart, heartwarming. Um, but yeah, if we're, if, um, anything about these five that you want to add before we kind of go into our alternate alternate picks on that one? Well, I this isn't going to be a surprise to you, but there are out of all the like big name movies that came out this year, all the 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 original Best Pictures nominees, I didn't see two of that year, and it was Phantom Threads and Call Me by Your Name. But I know and have heard uh, lengthy conversations about both performances and know that they're fantastic. So as far as my picks went. They're they're safe. They they kept their positions in their their nominations. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya luckily finally came into his statue with the uh, the uh, Black Messiah. So fantastic. But like the performance he gives and get out, it was was accurately career starting. So I'm so glad to see that he got the recognition in this year. That was that I was I remember being incredibly happy about that. And then Denzel Washington keeps getting his little like fucking frozen yogurt card punched just every time he does a performance. Dude, that's They're like, a and nomination, ass. nomination, yeah, nomination. Like here you go. And there you go. Cause like, why would the, who the fuck saw J Roman Israel or Roman J Israel Esquire? Who saw that movie? Uh, you, dude, I watched it on his birthday this year. Uh, or I guess last year. Per- yeah. Wait on, on Roman J Israel Esquire's birthday or on Denzel Washington's birthday. No, on, on Denzel Washington's birthday. It's, ah, it's honestly, it's really, <laughs> it's really funny how you, um, how you kind of just said that with the punching card sticker because he's, I mean, you'd be surprised at what he's, he's won two, which is great. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the very few that's won supporting and um, best actor. And then, but yeah, like his last couple, I mean, he really, he pulled one out of with flight, uh, the Roman J is real. And then um, the, I would say the most recent one, which has you Macbeth, I was kind of surprised that he, kind of got in there um the other ones though like fences and training day no surprise michael max no surprise at all um yeah it's that's a really fun punch guard reference there but yeah right. he's he's one of the most i mean he is uh in terms of like african-american actors being nominated for best actor he's the best out there yeah um so it's um and like but as we go into you know what honestly say i love how you say that because like now i'm looking at like looking at the list and seeing daniel kaluuya's name on top of denzel washington daniel kaluuya is the next breed he is the he is the next in line for like that level of african american actors in hollywood like he is he's going fucking places i mean yeah we we actually we had that debate not too long ago between it was like him jonathan majors Lakeith Stanfield and John David Washington, Washington, his son, and like how and, he's and funny four. enough, funny enough, I remember making the ar- argument that Chadwick Boseman would have more than definitely been in that conversation as well. I oh, just sure. wanted to make yeah. that mention, but yeah, I do remember we talked we talked about this because it was 
such a hard question. They're all fucking fantastic. And if I had to pick a favorite, it would probably be Lakeith Stanfield. But if I if I could say who's probably going to go the farthest, like Jonathan Majors has just not had the opportunity yet. And when he gets it, it's going to blow everyone away. He's getting it now, though. Like he's he's going to be Kane and he's going to be the overarching villain in the MCU. And then from that, hopefully he gets like a very prestigious role somewhere along the lines. And I, I just can't wait. He's he's going to be the I mean, it's not really a villain, but he's going to be the, the big bad guy in Creed three that Michael B. Jordan's going to no fight. way. Yes. Yeah. Not remember that. It's it's going to be very Good exciting. Shit. Good um, shit. So after speaking so highly of everyone on this list, I mean, obviously, Daniel Day Lewis, an icon on its own merit. But um, who would you take out of this? And for oh, your alternate, this was this was easy. Again, it's uh, same reasoning as the last one. (laughs) You've had enough opportunities. Get your ass out of here. Let's see. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Let us see. Right. Yeah. Get out of here. No, Denzel Washington is out because there was a there was a career defining performance that was a culmination of over 10 years of character development. Oh, man. Went completely unrecognized. So Hugh Jackman deserved a nomination and in my opinion, should have been the winner. Should have won best actor for we had for, the same pick. I'm just gonna say it now. Good. We, we had absolutely the same, thank god. <laughs> we had the same pick. All right. I, I don't know. The, the face you were making was like, no way. And if, I'm like, if dude. he I honestly like I, I think in turn, like you're saying, like he missed out on the nomination, but yeah, you can make more a really than good like 15 years. Won. It was 2000 yeah. and this was 2017. 20 minutes. 17, well, 17 years yeah. of character development. Yeah, and I mean, and he tr- like he's transformed himself as the character of Wolverine Logan over and and over and over again. And even now we're like, you're hearing rumors about them trying to recast Wolverine. Like it's near impossible. Like he's one actor that has really become the character. And it's going to be really hard to see how they go on. One of the first, I I think, and that, if you want to talk about like bold moves, the Academy could do, that would be, that would have been a big one. And they, I mean, not saying like, if we had your Heath Ledger with Joker and this could have been just as the same, if not, even more monumental because of like what Logan did in terms of like reshaping the superhero genre alone. And I know this isn't the last time we'll talk about Logan, but right. in terms of like Hugh Jackman, this, I mean, and he's been like a part of the Academy too, for a while. Like he was nominated for Lesmus. And then it's there my, was my thing is one it's, recently too. Uh, oh, what was it for? I mean, you think of that while I say this, because the, the whole thing with the Academy is when they forget, performances like Hugh Jackman in Logan or in 2019 Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems it reestablishes my my hatred for the academy over and over and over again so i will it just I, it, it's almost it's like their blind idiocy the the fact that they cannot see what these these people are bringing to their performances Hugh Jackman gave probably the best send off to any comic book character we've had in a movie period. I'm including Iron Man in Endgame. I'm including Captain America in Endgame. I still think Logan was done the best. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, I guess we just, I had it mixed up, but like he, that was the only one he was nominated for was Les Mis. Uh, I know there was like chatters with prisoners that he could sneak in there, but that film alone just got robbed with the Academy. Um, but yeah, we, we, we both agree. Um, since we since we agreed to kind of like create some content with honorable mentions, I, I do want to throw out there the Robert Pattinson in Good Time was 
unbelievable. Uh, definitely like a step up from what we're used to with seeing uh, good old Robert. And then um, a personal favorite of mine is Christian Bale in Hostels. Uh, I thought okay. like, I don't know if you've seen that movie, but he is really great. Um, in terms of character development, you know, I love that. And Christian Bale really gives it in that one. Um, so moving. Uh, well, before we move on, I, I, I just want to give the quickest mentions to the fact that like, I think maybe James Franco was a little unfairly. Oh, I meant to write this down. Left out of that category specifically because of the controversy when his performance in the movie was deserving. Unfortunately, he's just a fucking scumbag. So that affected the uh, the he... voting in the end. And it was like literally from winning the Golden Globe to the Oscar. They were just like, get out of here. It was if my memory serves correctly, unfortunately, like. Yeah, he wins. Yes, he wins the Golden Globe um, Best Actor in a Comedy. And then within like the same week, it gets all these allegations get released. And that's like the last you hear and see of Franco. And then Disaster Artist is completely shut out the Academy. And they, they, they put a stand with that one. And I think that also has a lot to do with the drawback they got from Casey Affleck when when he was nominated and he won because um, they quickly because this is also, I mean, not to go deep into it, but this is the same time all the Harvey Weinstein stuff was breaking out too. Yeah. So then the Me this Too was movement. the it yeah. was the pinnacle of all that. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, yeah. So you certainly, um, like you said, yeah. Uh, moving into the performance West- deserves a recognition, but unfortunately, again, uh, the person behind the performance not a great guy. So mm-hmm. moving into best or best director, we have Gamilo del Toro. For Shape of Water, he won this one. Um, Christopher Nolan, Dunkirk, Jordan Peele, Get Out, Greta Gerwig, Lady Bird, and Paul Thomas Anderson, Phantom Threat. This is a very, um, I would say, a strong five. Like you have, you have yeah. your one of your first female directors uh, that we haven't had in a long time here. Um, you have your experienced director and Paul Thomas Anderson and Camille Del Toro. Um, and Christopher Nolan, and then you have your newcomer, like with Jordan Peele and obviously with Greta Gerwig. So like, this is a really good five. You don't have just your, your five old 70 white guys in line. Like, well, and, like, one, one of them's kind of there. Like, yeah. But like, it's, it was really cool to kind of like see these five. Um, Dude, literally one of the most diverse, I think. Uh, well, um, yeah, we got two white guys, but I was going to say one of the most diverse Batch of directing yeah, nominees yeah. we've had, absolutely, <clears throat> and it was much needed because it. I mean, in terms of like the directing category, it's it's always been like what I said the same in terms of just old white American directors, and not to like put uh, ill on on who they are and like that, but just the year before that, you know, we had Mel Gibson. Um, obviously, that's not a name that like you would think gets put back in there after these years, but I mean, it's it's. Interesting. Wait, no, that okay, yeah, that was last year. I was like, wait a minute, what? Oh, yeah, yeah, within 2017, so the year 2016. Um, but yeah, like it's a category that kind of lacks in terms of like creating that opportunity of diversity and and having female directors, but as of late, they kind of gotten uh, given those recognitions to the other um directors that are out there that are just as deserving. I would say even more so because they're reaching, they've like very much decided that reaching out into the foreign film category for best director mm-hmm. is like Absolutely. almost a standard now, mm-hmm. which you love to see because our films too. FA, <laughs> FAO bias aside, like this is the kind of thing you want the, the world of movies to get recognized, not just the American Hollywood films, obviously. 
It'd be uh, cr- crazy for like, you know, the Academy to get viewership outside of America. Like, wow. I know, right? thought. <laughs> um, and mm-hmm. I, yeah, I have to agree. These are, these are all great picks, but I went a little crazy with mine. Go on. I'm listening. All right. I'm, I'm so, actually, I want, only, yeah. only two of them hung around. Starting off with get Christopher Nolan out of here. Taika Waititi, Thor Ragnarok. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's for the boys. The boys will understand that one. I did cut out Christopher Nolan. Oh, I absolutely I was, did. It's, it's, how you, it's funny how you say that because honestly, I think this would have been the time he could have won Best Director, personally. That movie, I, that see, movie is that's, fucking amazing. But when you have to explain how your movie is laid out, after the fact, because what? people didn't quite understand the whole time shift thing that was happening. That's their problem. All right. But anyways, so I cut out him. I cut out Greta Gertwig, oh. not because I didn't absolutely love Ladybird, but just because I wanted to free up space for the people I wanted to mention who I just think directed the hell out of their movies. Uh and then I cut out Paul Thomas Anderson because I have not seen Phantom Threads. Anyways, Unbelievable. My, my additions were Denis Villeneuve for Blade Runner 2049. I think, he, uh, like I said, he directed the hell out of that movie. Visually, that movie is absolutely stunning. The storytelling in, in that is beautiful in the way it connects to the old movie that like all worked very well. A movie that I think is all almost nearly all directing editing and the way it was implemented baby driver edgar wright give him a nomination for baby driver absolutely that's a little biased but i don't care uh i i think i could argue that obviously the taika watiti one is a joke but the way he directed that movie is why people love that movie and then matt reeves war for the planet of the apes another Mm. thing that like if you don't direct the hell out of your actors and get that very best performance, then we don't believe that they're actually apes doing the 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 things that they are doing. And that is why, like that, he is a, a someone who I think masterfully directed the movie that he made, even if the, the movie didn't play out exactly how I wanted it to. I think it's more than deserving of like director recognition, along with other recognition that I will talk about later. Yeah, I mean, I fucking love that movie. Hey, I mean, we're we're just getting started with like we've known about Matt Reeves for a while, and so this weekend yeah. people oh, are going to be I very known about wait. him too. <laughs> they're going to be familiar with him. Man, I mean, this is going to be kind of uh, kind of comes as a shock to you, but uh, I agree with um, your pick there, uh, Edgar Wright and Denis Villeneuve. I mean, I'm not like really I know, <clears throat> even Edgar Wright. I fucking love it. The, you had me fucking fooled, bro. You're. F- I I don't think I would take out Nolan. Uh, I would. Pro- I would probably take out Greta Gerwig and Jordan Peele, maybe. Um, see, Jordan Peele, I got to see in there because he like, as a debut, Oscar. it was so good. It's it's worth noting, like Jordan Peele is the first like person I think ever to. Um, it might have just been when he because he it was Get Out was his first feature film. And he's one of the first writers, directors to be nominated and win an Oscar for that feature. Right. He got um, writing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, and then he was still nominated for, well, he didn't. Yeah. He was also nominated for the picture as well, but um, it's, it's a really tough five, but I would certainly like to see um, Denis Villeneuve get in there with Blade Runner 24 nine. I think that film is 
Um, just highly underlooked, uh, did not make much of a box office return at all. And then um, if you but look all, at. Well, I was going to say all that being said uh, with my picks and all like cutting out uh, Dunker or uh, Christopher Nolan, Greta Gertwig and Paul Thomas Anderson and leaving Jordan Peele and Guillermo del Toro. In my mind, Guillermo still wins because, dude, it's the most it's beautifully very, directed tough, movie of the year. It's, it's such tough. a tough category. Uh, and especially if you switch out the ones that I picked or switch in the ones that I picked. But I still think Guillermo del Toro pulls it out for me because he uh, is he is a master director in well, every sense of the word. I, I understand like how you're talking about where like in terms of beautifully shot and whatnot. Um, but dude, Dunkirk, I mean, we haven't seen a war film like that since Saving Private Ryan. Um, and it just it's so good. Yeah, I I. I, I have been rewatched Dunkirk since theaters. When when we dude, I I remember I watched that on the Omnimax and that like being like that oh, yeah, surrounded by it. That was that was amazing. And like he, that's the thing. Like how we're talking about like what you just said about Matt Reeves and like being able to you, you direct your actors to capture like the scenes and whatnot. Um, Christopher Nolan took actors that were like we've never seen before and put them on the screen. Harry Styles for one example, and like you don't even see Tom Hardy. Uh, yeah. Mark Rylance, sure he's in the film. But like he does a really great job uh, of like taking these unknown leads. Um, you'll hear this name come up quite a bit, but Barry Corrigan, um, he's sure. stars in it, and like he takes these young actors and he puts them in Dunkirk, and like we get something that is very treasure and valuable, and like tells a really great story and like what happened between that. And it's it's like I know we're trying to like obviously change and give alternate picks here, and like I do like Edgar Wright's vision with baby driver and how it kind of like put this new swing into like action and also like getaway drive literal, a literal swing because like yeah. how he implements the music and the whole mm -hmm. the fact that it this didn't win for like sound mixing or editing or whichever one mm -hmm. it was nominated for it won editing um, it did win editing yeah it, uh because it was one of those big uh i think it upset at dunkirk that year which was Kind of right. I had yes. I picked Dun. I went no, against I my own mind. Oh no! It, it, it is flipped. It was Dunkirk did win. Baby Driver won like the BAFTAs, and I think the editing. Okay, on, like see that's Ace, that was like yeah. what I thought. I know it got recognized and nominated, but I it definitely should have won. Uh, but also like I think with Baby Driver, they're like the, it's a tainted film because of the cast and because of ah, and, yeah, and I think that's shit. what that's what kind of kind of hurts it and all that. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we're looking at still though, like it's, it's overall, like even James Mangold with Logan, like that was a great directing film. You no, know, is it, it? That's true. Very true. Cause he wow, changed, like he changes the, the genre of superhero. He doesn't need green. Totally. Screen. It's all practical. Like Dude, he created, he, he took a, co a comic book character and created a neo Western redemption story. And, and he also shot it. There's one version out there that's in black and white. That's freaking amazing. Yeah. Um, so you gotta give credit to that one, but yeah, that I mean, still, uh, I mean, we could spend even longer talking about best director. This is a very strong, I year. know, man, dude, the, so many fucking great movies in 2017 because Patty Jenkins gave us like Wonder Woman that year, and everyone fucking loved that shit, dude. Um, not I know, everyone <laughs> really, you don't wait, you don't love the first one. Wonder Woman, I'm not the biggest fan of either Wonder Woman's. Really? I heard really, it here first. I really, really, really like the first one. I was on board up until the third act. And why? 
The third act was fine. It did nothing to impress me. This this isn't a Wonder Woman podcast. <laughs> okay, sure. That's do you want me to tell you that I found the greatest showman better? Dun dun dun. I'm kidding. I do love hey, shout out to the greatest showman. You may be terrible, but the music is fucking great. This is me should have won. I love this is coming from the Pixar boy. This is me should have won best song. Um, so let's the final word of that evening was best picture. Yeah. Um, this is you have your winner, the shape of water, which I mean, I remember at that time, huge surprise because like the Academy went there, like they chose yeah. to go, uh, they, they chose to go beauty, sci-fi fish fucking. Like they went all over the place with it. And it was, it was neat to see, um, especially with like, we'll get, we'll get into it. Um, but right. we also have call me by your name, darkest hour, Dunkirk, get out ladybird, phantom thread, the post and three billboards outside of Abbey, Missouri. That last one I just said going into that evening was considered a heavy favorite. Um, heavy favorite it uh yeah. and, but i remember the controversy when the nominees came out and martin mcdonough was nowhere to be found on that director's list we didn't even talk about him mm-hmm. because obviously in our minds and in the academy's minds his directing didn't stand out as much as all those other performances and you saw guillermo de toro ended up winning the director which was like huge in and of itself and then boom there you go after all that like hoopla, you get the upset with the shape of water that I think the majority of at least our friend group was very happy about. I loved three billboards outside of Evan, Missouri. I think that is a performance piece. I think we haven't talked about it yet, but Sam Rockwell supporting actor, very deserving of that win. Francis McDormand, like I said, very deserving of her win, but it is just that performance piece. And The Shape of Water is a fucking beautiful movie. So I think at the end of the day, the uh, the winner won. Yeah. I mean, this this was the um, this was the first year that um, that I met you and that like uh, I, I, you can kind of say like our first Oscars <laughs> and all that. So like I wasn't able to kind of know you good enough to have you um, join my Oscar. I wasn't party invited to the party. I had to watch yeah. it by myself with my I, ballot. Uh, I hosted about a party of like 30 of my closest friends and it was uh, amazing. And that's why we say this is like one of our favorite nights of the year. But um, yeah, like that going into that night, I was very stressed out and I, I went with get out. Like I thought the Academy was going to really, wow. I don't know if you remember, but like I was really thinking that they were going to, cause that movie had so much traction. Um, even though it was such a year old, more people were talking about it. Got released in theaters. It was really kind of getting that noise back out there. Um, but I mean, right. people forget it was exciting. released in February, dude. You no, know, it was it was very exciting, though, to see um, to see Shape of Water win because it's not yeah. often a film like in that that nature that kind of gets gets that recognition. And um, and like you said, like it won one. Let's see what else it won here. I just want to kind of give it at least the recognition because it did come out pretty heavy that night. Well, yeah. While you look at that, I mean, I just want to mention like I ain't mad about da- Darkest Hour. I ain't mad about Dunkirk. I ain't mad about Lady Bird. I ain't mad about. Phantom Threads, honestly, because I, I know what pe- Darkest I mean, Hour a- could probably be left out of that. Right, but I'm not mad about it. Like, if again, when when I tell you what I've picked in, in its place, you'll notice that Darkest Hour isn't there. But I'm not mad about it. It was a really good movie. And Dunkirk and the Darkest Hour, I think, work best together. So it's really cool to see those, the two sides of the same story being told. And they both get uh, nominations as for best picture is 
pretty unprecedented, honestly. So I thought um, I thought Shape of Water walked out there with more awards, but it, it had picture director score and production design. Um, I thought it oh, I thought okay. it was going to make sense. Yeah, I thought it was going to capture cinematography, but I completely forgot like how that um, how that year played out because the Roger Deakins got his first one. Yes. Um, so in the in our alternate reality, go ahead and share what your picture. Well, no, you I, you go first, because I think mine's going to be a little bit more crazy. Oh, certainly so. Um, yeah, so what actually, I, maybe not after the rest of this conversation, we might be exact almost exactly on the same page. I, um, I ended up with nine. Okay, yeah, because like what I, I'm not gonna take any out and like put any, I just basically created a new list, and these are what I have out there, um, that didn't get nominated that should at least be watched when you were looking for something to like get out there and do whatever. Oh, wait, 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 you went, you went all new, uh, picks. Mm-hmm. Okay, then here, let me yeah, let me really... give what I would have done because this sorry. Be, uh, I, I didn't realize we did we this. Can, we can just go back. We just because I left I left four I left four of the best pictures that were nominated in my list. Because mm-hmm. mine is Shape of Water, Three Billboards, Get Out, and Lady Bird. All four movies I thought were fucking fantastic, definitely deserved best picture nominations and actually received their best picture nominations. Did you say Dunker? No. Oh my god! Why I am I not. always fighting for this shit? I don't I'm know. not even the biggest like Christopher Nolan guy it, out there, but oh my god, dude! I think Christopher Nolan is a good director. Just the end that there, but he's he don't oh, okay. All right, here here All right. I would like to right. add in the yeah. in the place of Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Phantom Thread, The Post, whatever. I would like to add Logan. I added the Florida Project. Of course you did. How dare you? What is that supposed to mean? I know. I'm just, uh, I mean, we're discussing our list here. And f- of course you. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, Blade Runner 2049. Wow. Shocker. Wow. You get a camera. War for the Planet of- it's chill. War for you the a- Planet of the Apes and Baby Driver. And then I, uh, a Brett, a Brett special. I put Brigsby Bear. That's my ninth. Oh my gosh. I just wanted um, to put something that you would. Uh, well, in the same nature of that, um, Logan, Blade Runner 2049, War of the Planet of the Apes. Um, yeah. we, we have we have the same with that one. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you kind of forgot a pretty big one that came out the year, Paddington 2. That was in my honorable mentions, okay. man. Um, I think that, I mean, it's one of the highest rated films of all time. That, um, Disaster Artist, it all honorable mentions. Oh, well, don't spoil Wonder it. Woman. You, don't spoil it. Don't spo- oh, Mike, if that would have gotten fucking nominated over Logan, Anarchy. Oh, yeah. in real life? Yeah. Anarchy. 100%. Um, okay, yeah. So I, I those out there too, yeah. Um, and then I also have Good Time. I, I think that would have been a really nice. neat, neat treat to be seen recognized. So that's kind of like my Florida project pick that you have. Um, I like Killing of the Sacred Deer and sure. Columbus. You probably do not know what Columbus is, but that is a uh, Kanaga film that is just Ah, beautiful, beautiful film. Um, and then, like my bonus pick, uh, one that I really like to return to is only the brave, the story about the granite hotshot uh, firefighters. Um, oh, oh. Mm-hmm. That's just a personal. Like, I really like how that film was done. All right. Um, especially like just we both the put story a within pick on it. There. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're always going to have like at least one that's like out of the ordinary, and, and I know that's not. Um, I'll tell you right now. Positive you on seen, Letterbox. Have you yeah. watched Brigsby Bear? 
No, you let me borrow it and I never watched it. Wow. Because I think you end up Wait, telling me the full plot it's too. Back on my shelf or something. Yeah, you let me borrow. You let me borrow it. I never. Oh, watched you it. gave it back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it was. But you should have watched it. It's very good. I've heard some interesting things about it. I'm not it's lie. it's unconventional and weird, but like I, it's very up my alley. <laughs> it has not. Yeah, nothing to do with your comedy. Wow, Letterbox actually enjoys the hell out of this. Yeah. One. Okay. Um, so like, I, I guess, you know, some that we kind of left off there though, is you have your power Rangers, you're the mummy, <laughs> the Netflix the original years. bright. I mean, we've, we've really missed out on some big ones. There. There's a cr- ghost in the show. 27 or 2017 was an insane year. Uh, it was, yeah, certainly, uh, it, 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 murder it on the you. Orient express. Gross. <laughs> Gross. Well, I guess it was better than death on Nile. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, uh, and I mean, that's the thing, like, like you said, like the, there's a lot of best pictures though, that you could be okay with. Um, I'm kind of curious to see like, if we, if the original nine were here, like it was this year, I wonder if they would have, I th- probably felt like Lady Bird would be like a, a winner that if it happened. Lady today. Bird was right outside the fray. I felt like on all the voting, the four that I left like on there were easily the top four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What categories did you want to kind of give some? Well, there was an egregious snub in one of the categories, and that's Mm -hmm. animated films. Somehow the Lego Batman movie completely Mm. unnominated, but they nominated fucking Boss Baby 2. Are you kidding me? That is egregious. So obviously that happened, and I'm not happy about that, but the fact that Coco won still makes sense and would have inevitably been what I wanted to win. Yeah. But that is I, a huge snub. I would um I would go into um original writing and I would kind of look at giving the, Logan an award. No, wait, that would have been was, adapted. That was adapted, yeah. Um the ones that you had for original were Get Out, Ladybird, Shape of Water, uh Three Billboards, and Big Sick. Pretty good, pretty good five there. Oh, um, yeah, Big Sick is a great film. The Big Sick, I, I loved getting Kumail at the awards ceremony, and because of that, he got an Academy membership. So that fan and, and dude, it is a fantastic film, and I, I obviously it's autobiographical and whatnot, but the way it's told is still very, very good. Uh, I'm very, I would get very down on that if they would have won. I would have been, I would have been incredibly happy that night. Um. Yeah, I would have I would have looked at uh, Logan Lucky because that was a pretty original huh. new kind of twist in terms of like heist and whatnot. Well, it's a it's a twist on his own style. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that would have been really kind of cool to see. Um, and in terms of um, it's I mean, Phantom Thread wasn't nominated that year. So I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to shout it out there because PTA trying to get him his first Oscar. Speak it into existence. Speak it into existence. I love that he's. I, I like I like that he got recognized for this latest movie, Licorice Pizza, because it's I think it again for the thousandth time still haven't seen Phantom Threads. But like I very much enjoyed Licorice Pizza because I would I am interested in the premise. Don't know about Phantom Threads as much. So he's uh, got plenty. He's gotten plenty of chances at this point with your um with your animated pick, though, it, this was nominated, but uh, Loving Vincent, since we both have yeah, gotten a chance to recently great. watch that, that's a surprise that um, one didn't see it earlier. But like <laughs> competing in a film with like Ferdinand and Boss Baby, that's kind of 
an embarrassment to the what to the, the art. And again, no Lego Batman, dude. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? No. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, it was it was a, it was a I mean a fun cool collab like with a lot of the uh, the categories. I, I should have like pulled. Oh, my pick I will up. say visual effects. No, go for it. Yeah, not that I outright hate that they gave it to Blade Runner 2049 because goddamn those are beautifully done effects but again as a culmination film War of the Planet of the Apes and the effects that are created to fucking turn people into apes like tangible monkey ass apes you talking about Kong Skull Island bro I ain't even mad at that like I I saw that like this is a great (laughs) An insanely good five uh, nominations, really. I remember this category right after. I ain't mad at any. I'm not even mad that Thor Ragnarok got left out because Guardians 2 has like. Is like buku fucking effects. It's amazing. Exactly. But yeah, War of the Planet of the Apes, if only to give recognition to the people behind those movies that turn Andy Serkis into a goddamn chimpanzee in front of my own eyeballs like that really should have been the winner of that night it it messed up my ballot i mean that was yeah, one that was same. one of the categories that really like back and forth between blade runner and between yep. war of the plenty apes and and we've i mean we've said it before but like uh, within the last couple of years um the academy does this really good job at like separating the it's, awards yeah, spreading the love bro and, and giving it out there and so you kind of saw that with this year i mean going through the list i'm seeing you shape of water dunkirk blade runner 2049 um phantom thread has a couple i mean it did snag best costume and uh mm-hmm. want to see um i love the score for that film uh, hopefully whenever you get the chance to see it uh you'll see that as well because that was nominated this was also the year that uh kobe won an oscar for sure. best animated short yeah. film so that was really cool to see that moment happen um especially not knowing where we are now uh it's yeah it's i mean should go unnoted that this year the Oscars was hosted by Jimmy Kimmel, who is a fantastic host. Uh, I should say so myself. And no, the fact, no, the fact of the matter is they asked Jimmy Kimmel to come back after he was a part of the biggest Oscar bungle of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that because yeah, that was the year. Before. I don't know why he did it again. You know, you got you like you messed up the biggest award at the end of the night. Would you like to like have that potentially happen again to you? Well, and not only just that though, but looking at the presenter list, they had they brought back Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway right. to present best yes, picture. Absolutely. And then they explained what happened, which is even more funny. It's like when you make a mistake and you try to explain yourself like right. They happened. were just making a bunch of excuses. I'm like, just read the award. Tell me. It was pretty it was it's pretty funny. I mean, and especially like on the on the topic, but with Beatty and Dunaway, like they're very, they're two historic icons within industry. So it's like, she should know how to process and like to read in a card with its name and the category name, like on it. It's yeah, I, I, that, that, that's a conversation for a different year. I think, I think I want to say last night though, was like the five year anniversary of that one too, though, or six, six year anniversary of Moonlight yeah. this picture. Yeah. 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 So, but yeah, I mean that, that um, I guess we want to go without doubt saying like um, our, suggestions um within just like this year that was not like any um i, I want to like give it out there because usually we'll kind of plug at the end but like within this year 2017 that wasn't even a, a part of the academy awards 
Um, I do want to shout out Atomic Blonde because we're kind of throwing movies out there. Um, I know it doesn't fit in a lot of the categories within the Oscars. Charlie's Throne can always fit in Best Actress, if you ask me. But um, that movie is just, it's awesome. It's so cool. Um, I know it has a bonkers ending final act, but I'm on board with that. I can't wait for the sequel. Uh, I guess then the last thing I'll add in like, uh, cause we haven't really talked about the supporting actors at all. Um, well, Sam Rockwell was fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. But the pool is fantastic too. Cause Woody Harrelson was just almost equally as good in the same movie. Richard Jenkins was a lovable and incredibly memorable part of the shape of water. And just once again, the Florida project, Willem Dafoe is the heart and soul of that movie. And I think I wanted to, to, lo- I, to I, win that year because yeah, I was I think he could have very well won. It seemed like uh, they cheated, though, like not cheated, but they slimmed it because he's more of a lead in that film. And they're like, maybe his best chance of winning the Oscar was supporting. Maybe. Yeah, that would have been, uh, been a really good, cool. Uh, and then and then a quick mention, Christopher Plummer is only in there because oh, fuck. he came in to save the film that got they did the reshoots. Kevin Spacey, blah, blah, blah. I don't think he he absolutely did not deserve it. I no one saw that movie. Uh, so I in his place would have put like a maybe a maybe a Paul Walter Hauser from I, Tanya. Oh, my. Have you seen I, Tanya? You know, he doesn't have a big movie. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. I, uh, I wrote down Patrick Stewart at for Professor X and Logan because as a supporting performance, dude, he gets it's another beautiful send off in the same movie. So. He's, I don't know why either of them weren't recognized. I'm surprised you didn't say Jack Black and Jumanji. That's hilarious. <laughs> he played the Playing a teenage girl. girl. Yeah, it was yeah. amazing. It was amazing. He made a joke about like using a penis. <laughs> okay, uh, that's going to wrap up the 2017 Oscars uh, reverse in a way. Um, and we'll, without a uh, mix, within like the month of March and gearing up towards um, we're less than a month away after today. Um, we got a of, lot of, of FAL to talk about folks. we got a lot of awards happening. So we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll try to return back to like a topic like this when we're not having a, a big film coming out this, this, I know this weekend. It's a lot um, of weeks. So yeah, we'll probably do Batman next week. So look out for that. Uh, but after that, there's really not a ton of new releases even worth talking about. So, we're going to ramp up to this Oscar ceremony at the end of the month of March. And with that said, last night we had our first true big uh, ceremony live. Felt great. And studio audience. Uh, it's great to see celebrities dressed up, getting awards. I don't care what. Dude, um, it was really great to see some of those celebrities dressed up, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I came because I was told Leonardo DiCaprio was going to be there and in it ended with me getting Kate Winslet leading on Kate Blanchett leading yeah. into Helen Marin. And I don't think I could ask for anything else. <laughs> that is the SAG awards. Uh, this is one of those. Um, this is, uh, I mean, I enjoy the show, but it's still weird how it's laid out, how it's, it's structured. Right. It's the one where the actors just suck each other's dicks all night. Yeah. Actors vote on actors. You have to have the SAG card. It's, it's TV and movie. Um, and then they're, Ensemble is kind of like Best Picture, um, ensemble yes. cast, and so they do comedy, drama for TV, just like the Globes, but we don't give a shit about the Globes. And then 
with. with... <laughs> I thought you were going to say we don't give a shit about TV. <laughs> oh, nah, no. I mean, I mean, yeah, we didn't, we didn't really. We post don't give much a shit about, about TV, the globe. A lot of it is is stuff we just haven't truly really seen yet. But but getting into um into the SAG Awards, we kind of will start into uh, the best outstanding performance by a male actor in a supporting role. Your winner for this one. Um, Troy a Cuso. surprise, yeah, a surprise yeah. right off the bat, and like a, an incredibly pleasant surprise, uh, albeit. Uh, hell it was yeah! Between it was between him and uh, reading the rest of the nominations, and that uh, was Troy Kutzer for Coda and Cody Smith McPhee for Part of the Dog. You also had Ben Affleck, Tinder Bar, Bradley Cooper, Licorice Pizza, and Jared Leto, Hazaguchi. Um, going into the night, it was back and forth between Smith McPhee and. Kutzar and it was who I Smith McPhee yeah. you guys have heard my opinion on over and over again so um, I was more than happy to see them read Troy Kutzar's name on the uh on the ballot yeah there's yeah there's certainly no disappointment I mean no that was like not even like a fail bias like it just no one even had him so like that was even more great to see that is like when you don't right um, yeah as far as FAL goes no one know. drafted him that's like such an underdog it, it makes it sound bad on our part um but it's still great to kind of see um him win that and it certainly kind of like skyrockets him into the rest of the award season and certainly on Oscar night and and that's Dude, always a the great conversation thing to see. has shifted on there I looked at gold derby and now Troy Kotsar has crept up everyone's list oh no surprise I mean one of the acting is one of the biggest um, outliers in terms of like who vote all uh, the voting processes within the Academy. So these award shows, there's a reason why. And like, I have, I'll have some stats when I get closer to the bigger ones, but like there's a reason why you'll see those, um, those odds start skyrocketing up. We have our <laughs> outsiding, our outsiding performances by a female actor in a supporting role. Our winner is Ariana DeBose for West Side Story, Katrina Bauf for Belfast. Kate Blanchett, Nightmare Alley, Kirsten Dunst, Power of the Dog, and Ruth Nega, Passing. Um, this one, no surprise. Um, if there was going to be one, I guess Dunst, but like DeBose has had this in the bag since, I guess you can say, the original West Side Story came out and they decided to do a remake because that's just where we're at. But DeBose is electrifying in the film and it's going to come no surprise that she'll um, she'll start getting more trophies on her mantle with uh, the award season progresses. Wait, who who was right before Kirsten Dunst? Why am I? Th- I keep I'm trying to think of the Kate Blanchett. Five. Kate Blanchett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it was. Yeah, that was Ariana DeBose's award to lose. And obviously she wasn't going to lose it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and she looked she looked great that night. I will say <laughs> uh, going into our outstanding performance by a female actor in a leading role. We have our winner. Probably the biggest surprise of the evening because I no, I would ex- say that. Are you kidding me? From what coming from your mouth? Are you kidding me? Yeah, I wouldn't say that. I said don't, the, I would say the biggest surprise was who won ensemble, but we will get to that. Really? You think so? Yeah. Just because of how? Okay. Well, uh, the winner for especially uh, after what happened with the award we just talked about. But yeah. No, that okay, okay. Anyways, we'll get Jessica Chastain, the eyes of Tammy Faye, one who had some odds going into it. So I would say it's a pretty big surprise. Uh, then you have Olivia Coleman, the lost daughter, Lady Gaga, House of Gucci, Jennifer Hudson for respect. And oh, I don't know, Nicole Kidman, being Ricardo's someone who uh, yeah, blew dude, my phone up saying favorite. that that was going to be the biggest favorite of the evening. So I would say 
this is one of the biggest Never, surprises. When did I say that? I mean, they're, your they're, FAL the bias only, has been saying it for well, a while. The FAL bias is there. Obviously, I want her to win so I get fucking points. But my argument in that sense was she's won an award already. That's like the only thing that's pushing me towards her possibly winning this. And because the like actors love Lucille Ball. And because actors love Nicole Kidman. So this, so, like, is, there this was is a, a surprise. This is a surprise. Yeah, but there's, but in that, but you saying this is a surprise, I also could have seen anyone else on this list winning the award. I Except for Jennifer Hudson. God, fuck. Or you. Lady Gaga because she was. No, I, very much I thought she could have won. This is actors vote for actors. Like, I still yeah, think but that they still, but, okay, but it's them. actors voting for other celebrities. You heard what's her face? Celebrities? Like, oh my god, it's Lady Gaga. I love you. Debo, Literally yeah. in her speech. I'm I'm just saying. I I think Jessica and Jessica Chastain though has been a part of the industry for a long time. She said it in her speech. So it's, she's already won the SAG for the help. That was, yeah, well, that was a long time ago too, though. But I mean, um, and Olivia Coleman. I mean, she, she might get her name, but yeah, this this is the um this is the award show that really helps out in terms of like kind of predicting best actress and um, looking at the actresses. I still two- think Kristen Stewart might just win the Oscar. Oh yeah. That right. is how yeah, funny yeah. would that be? That's, that is to note that like the act, uh, Kristen Stewart's not even nominated in this one, which is odd, um, especially or the BAFTA, talk, which is even odder when I said how you have Lady Gaga and Ginger Hudson, both current former artists within the magician industry. And I mean, yeah, you, I don't think Christian Stewart's ever released any album. So it's kind of weird how that happened now that I'm saying that out loud. But um, looking back since um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's an album where she's like in a, like a grunge band or something singing. Um, anyways, um, since 2009, I have um, the only since the years 2011, 18 and 2020, have we seen the winner of this award not going to win the Oscar. Um, so it's going to be like last year, Viola Davis won, which she did not win the Oscar for. Holy shit. So it's, I, it, I can't even remember what movie that was for. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and then, so it's, ah, it's going to be really interesting. And then obviously um, I want to say it was Glenn, not Glenn, maybe Glenn Glows for the wife. She won over Coleman. Um, and then 2011 was, Meryl Streep over it was Viola Davis won it that year too, and then Meryl Streep won the Oscar. So very interesting to see like how this one plays out. Oh and yeah, especially yeah. Um, like you just said, like Chastain's not even directed for the BAFTA, so it's it's gonna be a yeah. great night. I've I've been a fan of big fan of hers for a while. Um, it's just she's getting that. She was great in the movie. She very much deserved yeah. the award. She's back and forth with like what role she is, but she seems to always still be able to like pull off that caliber. Like I can still lead. Um, a worthy character drama and whatnot. A movie we didn't mention in conversation with the best picture, but like her performance was fantastic in 2017. She did Molly's Game. Mm, a really good movie. Yeah, I I actually I had that written down too. Yeah. Um, so I would, she would have been like my sixth or seventh when it came to like best actress. I had her third. Um, so going into the outstanding performance by a male actor in a leading role, you have your winner. Will Smith for King Richard. William Javier, Smith. Javier Barnum for being the Ricardos. Benedict Cumberbatch, Power of the Dog. 
Andrew Garfield, tick, tick, boom. And Andrew, Andrew, I'm repeating myself here in Denzel Washington for the tragedy of Macbeth. Oh my um, God. He's back folks. <laughs> yes. As I think, as long as we live, we'll keep repeating that name. And certainly I'm, I'm glad for it. Uh, yeah. Will Smith. I mean, we finally got to kind of, I mean, he did win the globe, but it was kind of neat seeing his name called in person. He finally. And yeah. He finally got and, to give a speech yeah. and he, he got emotional and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, I know when Key Richard like first came out, he was big on the award circuit and like kind of promoting the film. And uh, since that film died off early, yeah, you haven't been seeing him around that much. And so now, like after this win, we'll and with how busy March is going to be, you'll you'll start seeing him come out more and, yeah. and promoting the film. Uh, I believe it comes back to HBO Max soon too, so like more people, more audiences will kind of get back out there. there. Um, so it's I, I'm glad to see him on there. I, I think with how the awards previously mentioned were turning out. I kind of thought Andrew Garfield was going to sneak in there, man, and kind of like take it. I mean, even Jessica Chastain like mentioned or talked about Garfield in her speech because they worked together in the eyes of Tim and Faye. Um, so I just really thought like in Garfield, obviously with what he's done been doing with Spider-Man, like I thought his name being out there, he was going to just sneak in there because it's actors voting and actors. And it's always a weird, um, I shouldn't say weird, but like these you know, really do project one another, right? When they, you know, when it comes when we get to the Critics Choice Awards, maybe this does, maybe it does happen there. What's that? Andrew Garfield gets. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, one of the things he can't that, go unrecognized all year, especially because of his performance in Tick Tick Boom is fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, and then one of the things that I have written down with the actor for the SAG Awards, you have in two thousand and. 20 it was different i mean obviously last year we we know how that turned out but um but also you had in in 2016 you had denzel washington win uh for (laughs) fences and casey affleck won the oscar um and then it didn't it kind of kept the same reign in terms of like um actor and director winning after that from 2015 to 2009 like from how long i've been documenting this so this is a very big indication of like Will Smith might just kind of sweep the rest of these. So it's going to be great to see, um, see that one kind of like close off. Um, and then going into uh, the final award that evening, the outstanding performance by emotion, by a cast in a motion picture. Um, and the, the winner of these, like the whole, like the whole cast gets, gets the sack awards. So it's kind of like cool um, to be a part of that, but you got, everybody gets a statue. You got Coda Belfast. Don't look up house of Gucci and King Richard Coda being the winner. Um, yeah, you can say it was a surprise, but like some of the bigger, the other films like power of the dogs cast wasn't even nominated in this one. Um, so I can't really, like, yeah, it was a weird amount. I feel like there were a weird amount of omissions. Mm-hmm. Uh, West side story wasn't that's nominated the, that's, anywhere. And then Fr- French dispatch, I thought was the big one. Cause I had yeah. that. FOA. Oh, yeah. That sheer size, but it was great to see the cast of Coda go up, giving a, a beautiful speech. Um, all of their speeches throughout the evening were, were well said, well done. Um, it's shout out to Michael Keaton and his speech, man. First of <laughs> all, he was in the bathroom when he got his award announced for uh, dope sick yeah. for the for TV for like a uh, limited series or whatever. And so he comes running out and then he got really emotional at the end because of his uh, nephew that he lost. Nephew. And mm-hmm. it was a really powerful speech. And I, I, I it was just a sh- quick shout out. Yeah, there's, it, it really goes to show you like the SAG Awards, they, they open up because they, um, they're actors and like they 
they, they know, know they're playing yeah, characters, exactly. but they, they're also still humans, you know. Um, but yeah, Coda winning best um, motion picture uh, cast on, ensemble. Yada yada yada. Uh, it's it's great to see that for them. I mean, yeah, this morning you're already you're kind of seeing chatter like they're going to win best um, best picture. Like you, you'll see like that kind of skyrocket. It, it happens all the time, like after this award show. Yeah, it'll I mean, get a good amount of talk. And hopefully this leads to like more people watching the movie, because at the end of the day, that's what these award ceremonies are for. It's to expose these really fantastically told stories and movies to the grander audiences and like give them a claim to give people reasons to watch them. So go out and watch Coda. It's really fucking fantastic. And just looking at last year, you had trial of Chicago, the trial of the Chicago seven that didn't fare so well at the Academy um, parasite, you know how that turned out. And then you had black Panther and three billboards. So the winner of this one really doesn't go on to win best picture. So like people can kind of like slow down the roll when it comes to those, those odds jumping up there. Um, but it's certainly a film that should not be overlooked. Uh, it's on certainly. Apple TV. Check it out. It's, it's a very heartwarming film. It came out at one of it was like July, early July, June when this came out. Um, so it could have been one of those things that kind of gets under the people's radars, um, especially like uh, where we're at and like world opening back up and whatnot at that time if it was i can't remember but uh it's a beautiful film um anyway i believe it was in my top five at the end of the year so i and i, I one of the things like after watching this award show it made me really want to go back to it so i might have to do that um gear it up for the oscars yeah totally i watched it more recently though because i mean i didn't i waited i think it was one of like the last movies i watched at the end of the year to get me to like 100 2021 films but it had been sitting on my list for the longest time. And I was more than pleasantly surprised whenever I did get to watch it. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah. Is there anything else you want to go into? I I, I said this to you when I texted you, it was just really good to see an actual ceremony with presenters and awards and banter and clips and all the uh, stuff we've come to know and love. And I don't know. The, the Oscars, are, they're trying to change the rules and shorten the show and not give people the, the time and, and, and credit they deserve when, for the, by like get, cutting their awards uh, and editing them down and shooting them not live or whatever, but getting to see these actors get their time and uh, accept their speech, uh, accept their awards and give their speeches really felt awesome. It felt, it felt good. Yeah, I was actually looking this up today. I meant to show you, but the, the BAFTAs, they're going to be, for the first time ever, they're going to be shown on the U.S. through BritBox. So I'll be able to watch it on Amazon Prime. And sure. it'll be three, it'll be like two o'clock our time. And I'm pretty sure it. the Critics' Choice Awards are the same day or something. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So it's we're, we're gearing up to a pretty busy um, month of June. Pretty busy FAL season, folks. Most shortly. Um, but yeah. That's probably going to wrap up the shorter episode of the podcast here, folks. Uh, hopefully we get to do another one of these conversations soon. Like I said, we're just gearing up here for the Oscar season. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. We'll have a lot of opinions and you'll get to hear all of them. Uh, so Brent, if you'd like to leave the folks with your recommendation of the week real quick. Uh, this one is a very, 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 very stretch of a, of a pick, but I'm just going to at least say that I watched it. Um, it's the burning sea. It's a Norwegian film, a disaster film. 
Um, okay. it was, it was really cool. I'll just, I'll just rumble on about it, but like it, it basically an oil rig collapses under the ocean and it teases like a San Andreas meets Deepwater horizon and like the ocean catching on fire and basically like ending the marine life as we know it, which could really set us back like a hundred years. And it's these love love story in a way of uh, a woman going to find her husband didn't saving her and all saving him and all that. It was really neat. And for like how cheesy the American graphics get with disaster films, I thought this one was just fantastic and <laughs> seeing it within the ocean was so cool. All right. All right. Uh, I guess for my recommendation, then I would just like to say that the Punisher, the Netflix series. Oh. So chef's kiss. It's so fucking good. And it's, uh, it's, I mean, and that's quite it's, the recommendation. It leaves literally today as of recording this at midnight. And I downloaded myself a VPN. So on the 16th, I can pretend I'm in Canada and I can finish watching season two. Not bad. So, yeah, that's it. Uh, thanks for listening again, folks. If you could follow us on all the social medias or whatever on Instagram and Spotify and iTunes, that would be fantastic. We'd really appreciate you. Keep liking our stuff. Keep interacting with us. But we're going to go ahead and sign off for this episode.